Greetings and welcome to our second episode of the VTC podcast, Voices of Recovery. The Veterans Treatment Court, or VTC, is a treatment-based alternative to the traditional justice system. In lieu of going to prison, where we know nothing truly changes for a veteran, the VTC aims to address the underlying issues that led veterans to interfacing with the legal system, including mental health, trauma, and addiction. Upon completion of our two-year program, a veteran's charges are dismissed. So we are excited to have with us today the founder of the Buncombe County Veterans Treatment Court, the Honorable Marvin Pope. The reason any of us are here. So I'm thrilled to learn more about the history of the VTC, how you brought it to Asheville, and the successes and challenges that you've seen since starting the program. I want to know about it all, Your Honor. But first, share with us how you came to learn about the VTC model. Where did you get this idea? Uh, well, around 2011, uh, I ran across an article in a journal uh, talking about Judge Robert Russell in Buffalo, New York. And um, he, uh, had, uh, he was the originator of the Veteran Treatment Court. And uh, the way it all started was he had a, um, a young man in front of him. The man was slouched over, uh, was uh, dismayed, disheveled, and um, uh, he was trying to get some communication going with uh, this man. And he just happened to ask him about his, uh, uh, whether he had any military service. And the man uh, uh, brightened up and said, yes, sir, I do. And um, so uh, uh, Judge Russell took a recess. And at the recess, uh, he asked his, uh, or two of his clerks uh, to talk to the man and learn more about his uh, military service. And after uh, a few minutes, uh, he came back and resumed court. And the uh, uh, young man was standing at parade rest and was uh, uh, proud of his service and uh, was communicating with the judge. And so uh, Judge Russell said, I think I've got something here. This is interesting. And so he started uh, with his uh, uh, state courts to uh, develop uh, the first veteran treatment court in Buffalo, New York. And since then, it has expanded across the United States. But I learned about it around 2011, and I started talking around to uh, uh, various um, judicial officials uh, in um, the county uh, in uh, Raleigh and um, uh, asked about it. And everyone wanted to know, and I was happy to tell them about it. And so uh, the uh, uh, clerk of court, Steve Cogburn at the time, about 2014 came up and he said, um, you've been talking about this veteran treatment court. Um, I just want to know if you're really, are you really serious about this? And I said, yes, sir, I am. And he said, well, I happen to be a member of the governor's crime commission. And uh, if you're really serious and you really want to start one, then uh, uh, we'll go ahead and see if we can help you out. And uh, he said, you're responsible for everything, get it going. Uh, and I said, no problem. And so uh, I started uh, assembling folks together that would I knew would be needed based on the national model. Uh, and the big thing about Veteran Treatment Court is that uh, we were not uh, plowing the first row in the field. Uh, we were copying everything else everybody had done. We, had, we were taking things that were successful, things that weren't successful. 
uh, and we were uh, moving down the path to get the Veteran Treatment Court established. And that included the DA, that included the uh, public defender, uh, probation officers, uh, state veteran agencies, and more especially uh, the Charles George uh, Medical VA Center uh, in uh, Asheville. And uh, we uh, spoke to everyone, and everyone was all in favor of the idea. Uh, and so that's how we got started in July 2015 uh, with the uh, uh, Crime Commission grant, uh, and we had a team in place. And so we started uh, looking for veterans that were involved with the criminal law system. Well, thank you for bringing that here to Asheville supporting our veterans who are justice involved and we actually have with us here today one such veteran who is about to graduate from the program his name is michael white judge thank you for taking time out of your day to be here today with us um since starting the vtc program what have been some of your proudest achievements and what has brought some of you the greatest joy well wow. Uh, there's a lot of things uh, we've uh, uh, in the last eight years we've um, had more than 50 graduates and so if you ask me what the greatest uh, 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 pleasure that I've had is seeing a man or a woman graduate uh, from um, uh, Veteran Treatment Court the big thing about Veteran Treatment Court as you know is that we start out with five, uh, fa five phases and start out with phase one and seeing that person develop from phase one a little bit, then go to phase two. There's some achievement there. Then we go to phase three. And something happens between phase three and four where there's a total turnaround for that veteran. If there had been doubts before, now it was solidified that, hey, I can do this using my military background uh, and the aid of this team in a non-adversarial position to uh, make my life what I want it to be instead of what it was going to be if I kept on the same uh, criminal path. So I would say that would be my uh, greatest pleasure is seeing the uh, veterans uh, come around and make it through the program. The uh, other side of the coin is the saddest I am is when um, we have someone that uh, uh, leaves the program for various reasons. They might go AWOL. Uh, they um, might uh, decide that this just isn't for them and they want to go to prison. And I know from experience of 50 years in the criminal justice system as a lawyer and as a judge that it's going to be a failure for that person. That's the biggest disappointment for me. Uh, but um, that is uh, uh, the, the bottom that I face whenever we have someone that drops out. Yeah, as a participant, I can say how important it is to have a good team when everybody's on the same page and everybody's supportive. So it makes a world of difference. You can really tell in the success, like you said, of being on this side of it, my side, as a participant. So even in the mental health system or the hospitals, if one or two people are not there mentally in that game, it throws that patient off. It did me at least, you know, and I can feel that, you know. So 
for a participant of VTC when everybody's supportive and everybody's on the same page and everybody's talking it makes things go a lot easier and better well the thing that you have to realize uh, in that vein and I'm glad you brought that up is that it's a non-adversarial system it's a system where we're all together we're all pulling for you we're all trying to help you any way we can to get you on the right track and get you through the phases and uh, give you the tools that you need uh, for later in life. And uh, that is so important. Uh, in regular court, uh, there's the adversary district attorney, the adversary uh, defense attorney, and it's a constant conflict, whether it's over a motion or whether it's over a bond hearing or whatever it is, it's totally adversary. Mm -hmm. And they're arguing all the time. Mm -hmm. And I want to say, wait a minute, time out. Let's see what we can do to help this person. And in regular criminal court, I don't know the defendant. The first and last time I see them is when we're in trial or when they uh, enter a plea in front mm -hmm. of me. Mm -hmm. I don't get to see them after that. I don't know what happens at all mm -hmm. after that. And um, uh, in veteran treatment court, as you know, we're seeing each other every two weeks. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that period of time, during that period, uh, you have total communication with the team. I have total communication with the team. The team is communicating back and forth. The veterans are uh, uh, creating their own platoon, and they're talking back and forth and supporting each other. And so when we come back in court, we know where you are. We know where every veteran is. Every veteran is discussed every week uh, by the team. So. so when we talk about kind of this buy-in that Mike is bringing up, this buy-in for everybody together saying we want to support each and every veteran through this five-phase journey. We want to help them with their treatment, but also accountability. Every two weeks they have to come in front of you, get a status update. You're asking them. How was your treatment attendance? Have you reported to probation? Have you provided negative urinalysis, stable housing, curfew, community service? So all of these things, everyone has to be working on the same page because if not, then it doesn't work. So if, if we're talking just here in North Carolina, Your Honor, we know there's, I think, five veterans treatment courts out of 100 counties. So we have a lot of room for growth. We know that veterans treatment courts save money. They save taxpayer dollars. It costs on average 40000 a year to keep someone in jail versus on average $2,000 for a VTC participant to participate for one year. So all of these kind of benefits, the wraparound support, the transformation that uh, we're seeing, we've seen in Mike and the other graduates, what would you recommend to a county who is listening right now and says, oh, this is an interesting form of uh, restorative justice. How do we get started? What are the first steps for a county to begin? Um, well, uh, we have helped several counties get started. Uh, and um, uh, what we do is uh, we bring them up and show them our program, uh, let them see court in session, let them see the team meetings uh, and they will uh, ask a lot of questions and uh, then we'll go help them get started. We'll uh, teach them and we will also uh, uh, suggest that they receive training like we did. 
the uh, I've encouraged several judges to attend the uh, national drug court uh, programs. I've been to California three times, uh, Rochester, New York, Buffalo, Washington, two or three times uh, to get a special training for a judge. And this is not a conference that's just slap you on the back. How you doing? How's your family? Uh, what happens is is uh, that the uh, 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 every mentor, every team member is uh, uh, separated out into individual groups so that they learn how to uh, uh, work in their section of the team. And that's uh, very important. Wonderful. So, Buncombe County, we are willing to be a support to any of the North Carolina counties interested in starting a VTC. They can come, they can observe our court, and then we can work to connect them to NADCP, Justice for Vets, and federal grants available to implement a program. That's true, but let me add one thing to that if I can, Kevin. Uh, I've been active throughout the state trying to get judges involved because this whole thing has to start with a judge. Uh, and the important thing about that is that when a judge gets excited about veteran treatment court, that's when it starts taking uh, shape and starts getting to do it. Now, you mentioned 100 counties. Not all 100 counties can afford to do this. For example, uh, the county uh, to our west uh, uh, is the district, Judicial District 24, and they have five counties. They have one resident Superior Court judge. As you've seen, I try to get back to Buncombe County every Friday for a team meeting or for actual veteran treatment court. Uh, that's very difficult for them to do when they've got five counties. And so right. uh, to get this veteran treatment court started in um, uh, Buncombe County, I agreed with the legislature that I, we would cover every county from Catawba County west to Murphy. Uh, and so that's exactly what we've done. And we bring that veteran from whatever county it is into Buncombe County obtain housing for them, and start them into the uh, Veteran Treatment Court. Now, in addition to that, uh, I think uh, that from my research, the best way to develop courts across uh, North Carolina is to uh, go to the major VA medical centers and uh, cover it from that area. And in that vein, I have uh, asked the School of Government uh, in Chapel Hill to let me do a program in October uh, for Veteran Treatment Court. And all I need to do is get uh, several judges uh, interested in Veteran Treatment Courts in North Carolina around the VA medical centers, the major VA medical centers, and it can expand from there, just like we cover so many counties. They can cover so many counties to come into that area. I love that. That's wonderful. Definitely look forward to hearing more about that outreach and promotion. Your Honor, uh, reflecting on your long career in the legal system and your history serving as a judge, what do you see as the direction or future of our justice system? Great question. Uh, as Kevin alluded to uh, a while ago, uh, we know what happens when someone goes to prison or is placed on regular probation. You combine that with the cost of incarceration and the cost of uh, repeating 
uh, the offense when they come out of prison or they finish probation, mm -hmm. uh, it makes more sense to have non-adversarial courts than to have an adversary system like we currently have. And Mike, the, the sad thing about it is, and I don't know if, if you knew this, but the legislature's sitting in Raleigh and they're worried about how many uh, prison beds to build or have ready for the next 20 years. Do you know what they use to determine how many prison beds? No, sir. They decide or they look at the statistics of what the truancy rate is for third graders this year in the elementary schools and the end of uh, school uh, success rate on the end of school aptitude test. And that way they determine we will need X number of beds uh, 20 years from now because that's what we uh, uh, anticipate we'll have. Well, that's kind of um, going about it the wrong way in my opinion. Yeah. Because instead of building new prison beds, let's figure out what we can do for people to avoid going to prison. Let's build mental health institutes. Let's do something else to approach the problem uh, with crime. Uh, and let's get away from this adversarial system. In other words, you send somebody to prison and uh, they learn how to make license tags uh, and uh, there's not much market for that when they get out of prison. They're a convicted felon, so all they know to do is commit more crime. That's right. their trade. Uh, in prison, they get three square meals a day. Uh, they get to exercise all they want to. Uh, they um, uh, sit around and watch TV. Uh, they read the books they have in the library. Uh, and the big thing is they talk to their inmates, fellow inmates, and they try to figure out what they did wrong uh, mm -hmm. and how they got there. And uh, they get a degree in uh, continued criminal activity right. when they come out of prison. So um, uh, it's just one of those things that repeats itself over and over again. Where do you see your, where do you see the process heading and changing? Well, uh, I think that uh, we just need to continue to expand as much as we can. Um, for uh, the future uh, folks that are coming into the criminal system. I think that we need to reevaluate the uh, uh, treatment of folks that are uh, using controlled substances. I think that we need to uh, really establish addiction as a disease uh, that affects so many people voluntarily and involuntarily. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that we need to um, uh, determine how to help people instead of how, in, how to punish people. Uh, where it will go in the future, I hope, is toward that non-adversarial system, if at all possible. I believe you. I hope that does go that way. Thank you. Um, the last question, what advice would you give a veteran who is just starting out in the program, and what do you see as valuable assets to being successful as a veteran within BTC court? Well, uh, as you know, uh, what I tell veterans when they come into court the first time is uh, we uh, uh, simply ask you to be honest with us uh, and we ask you to show up and we ask you to try. 
and uh, that's based uh, on their military experience uh, of what has been asked for them. And I explained to them that we're on a mission. And you, as a veteran, know that when you're given a mission, it's going to be completed no matter what. And I encourage them from the very beginning that we expect them to graduate. We're going to be there when they graduate. And we're going to do everything possible to ensure that. So uh, when you start out with that attitude with that veteran uh, and you make sure that they know the rules uh, that are in the handbook that we give them, uh, then I think you have a greater chance of success with that program. And when I mention honesty, I mention honesty not only to me, but also to all the team members. Mm -hmm. Now, the biggest thing that is um, uh, the success of Veteran Treatment Court, the biggest thing is not the DA, not the um, uh, uh, public defender, not the uh, um, state veteran agencies or, or uh, probation officers. The biggest uh, advantage in Veteran Treatment Court are the Veteran Treatment Court mentors that go with that veteran and they communicate with that veteran on a daily uh, 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 basis. Uh, and that veteran will use that buddy system to call that mentor up and say, hey, uh, I've got um, a problem here. Uh, I'm down and out and um, I'm going by a bar that I used to go to all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm really feeling compelled to go in there. Mm -hmm. And the mentor can say, wait a minute, tell you what, I'll pick you up. Uh, let's go to McDonald's, get a cup of coffee, let's talk about it. And so uh, that mentor does things day in, day out, 24-7 for his uh, veteran that he's been assigned that is uh, usually in the same uh, branch of military service. And that is confidential between that uh, veteran and the uh, mentor. I know nothing about what they talk about unless they choose to tell me and the only time they're asked to report uh, is uh, if a veteran threatens to harm himself uh, or um, uh, is um, uh, going to harm someone else. And we have not had that situation occur, thank goodness, in eight years. Uh, but the mentors are the backbone of Veteran Treatment Court. It's using that buddy system that you, I've got your back, you got my back, and we're going to get through this no matter what. I completely agree. I think that's a very important piece of VTC that mm -hmm. helped me get through that community and the communication and the trust. And you talked about honesty, not only with you and team members, but for me, I had to get honest with myself and, and say, do I want to do this or am I going to continue on down this road? And I had to make a decision from day one. And uh, it really helped with my success. So. Yeah, that's important. I'm glad you, I'm glad you mentioned that. That thank is so you. true. Yep, very good. Well, Judge Pope, thank you again for spending time with us today. We have covered a lot of ground. I want to thank you for creating the VTC, for every single relationship that you have formed. It really is something special to be able to show up in VTC on Fridays and one at a time seeing you talk to these veterans. You're building a relationship. You're knowing who their family members are, their goals, their passions, things that they're working towards and 
it is incredible over this two year period, this relationship that you foster and cultivate. And the research supports this. The judge is the backbone. The judge is this dynamic force for change in these veterans' lives. Um, it gives me chills thinking about it because it is saving lives. And um, you are saving lives. I just wanted to say that on behalf of everyone, thank you for all the work you're doing, for your ceaseless support of our veteran community. That is it, folks. Um, big thanks again, Judge. Thank you, Michael White, thank you. for being here. And thank you to our listeners. And, and again, stay tuned next week where we continue our conversations and hear more about Voices of Recovery. This is the VTC Podcast, signing off. <laughs>